Bienvenidos al después de. Ah, that means welcome <laughs> to the afterward in Spanish. Thank you, Andy Barone. Well, in this week, we are in the second week of our Matthew season three, where we are going line by line through the Lord's Prayer. And this week, we get to this very short phrase, which is absolutely full, chock full of incredible meaning. Give us today our daily bread. So we're going to be talking about bread. So if you're hungry out there, if you haven't had lunch yet or haven't had breakfast and, and you're hungry, this this could be a hard podcast to listen to because we're going to be delving into the land of bread. So I don't want you to like pull over at a bakery and just gorge yourself on donuts just because we're talking about bread. I'm just looking out for you. So with that, we've got Andy Barone and Jay Kim here. They're going to talk about this simple phrase, which again, so full of meaning. So with that, let's dive right in. Try this. Normally, I wear monitor earphones. I don't. I don't want to do. I'm, I'm, we're going to go all natural. I mean, typ- <laughs> typically, someone should be wearing. Really? Have, I mean, just I don't so know they how know this that, I'm not a you know official I mean? podcast. You think that know. somehow the levels are going to get off? I, I don't know. I mean, Andy it's Brown, okay. We can live on the. I edge. would have had them if uh, I can control the volume in the headphones on my headphones. But you it, can't. Kind of. Yeah. Right. But you can't. So Let's just uh, live I'll on just, the edge. Andy yeah. Brown, you're you're a musician. You, Try to be. You've done you've done studio recording a little bit. What so is it different than a podcast studio? What should I have? What should I have that would make this experience more professional, Andy? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's the best answer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, yeah, Dave. Now, for folks that don't know, I'm here in the studio with Jay Kim and Andy Barone. Andy, this is your first time on the Afterward. First time. Very exciting. So slow um, clap. Is that what we're yeah. doing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you, guys. Mm, Thank you. So excited. <laughs> Isn't it like the British Open? It's golf clap. Oh, it's a golf clap. Yes. <laughs> and here on the 15th hole is Andy Barone. Uh, tell a little, fo- the folks a little bit about your role here. Um, and you and I go back. Yeah. Um, we go back like 18 years. Uh, wow. Almost. Yeah, yeah, because it was we were at... Yeah, we right. had your service was right next to my service. Yeah, I had youth. You had um, Casa de Fe, right, which was um, our Spanish speaking congregation. Yeah. So tell tell folks a little bit about who you are and, and what your role is here. Yeah, in this game. Uh, we we do go back to two thousand seven. Wow. Um, and you're right. I, I led the Spanish uh, ministry. Uh, you were in uh, youth ministry at the time. And I your think. cousins, your cousins were all in my youth ministry. Right. Mm, and now they're right. like, it's weird to think of They're all grown men. They're grown men. <laughs> they're One grown of them lives in Texas. men. It's curious. Uh, yeah. yeah. Angel. He's got right. a wife awesome. and, a, and a family and beautiful kids. So it's, it's, so we go way back. So yeah, we do. tell the folks a little bit about, and we also went to seminary together. We do. So I did. Yeah. Yes. So tell me a little bit about what your role is here. I am uh, the uh, campus pastor. I lead our Spanish uh, congregation here at Westgate Church. Honored to lead uh, the Spanish campus. Uh, married, have six beautiful children. And Which is six. the mo- that's the most yeah. of anyone I know. It's that's more a, than you, you miss, and me. Yeah, you didn't mishear that. That's six. <laughs> six children. Yeah, I said says, right? Six. <laughs> yes. Crazy. Uh, Which one's I, your favorite? Oh, uh, all of them. Oh, yeah, good absolutely. answer. Rank them in order, one to six. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but your youngest them. is how old? Youngest is four. Okay. Oldest is 21. Yep. I've got the full range. Yeah. Crazy. There so, it is. Yeah. That's a lot of, um, a lot of So uh, I don't have any in high school right now. Uh, one just, 
One's in uh, just at San because Jose of the State. way, just the way that the the, the ages broke. Right. There's you, you there's, have junior high, you've got elementary, and you've got college. Right. That's just the way it broke. Ne- next right. year you have a, a high schooler. Yeah. So well, in, in a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, no, I'm go honored. for twelve. Go like for the <laughs> tribes of Israel. You know, it's it's biblical. You know, it, it, keep it, it going. Is, well, it is a bit, <laughs> or at least the the perfect number in Hebrew. It's seven. Oh uh, yeah, no. you could have done either. No, twelve. We're both disappointed <laughs> that tribes. you didn't get there. I'm sorry. Um, sorry. How many diapers have you changed in your life? <laughs> oh man, is it in the millions? I can. T- I, I don't know how many, but I can do it automatic do at night in total darkness. I don't have to. See wow! Just, Look at that. That's I just incredible. get up and it's just like just wow. change the diaper. So there was Six a period kids. there for a while that you just didn't sleep. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, okay. So Andy, actually, we had a gift this weekend because you preached at not only Casa de Fe. Hold on. I just did the math. Probably Andy has changed 16,425 diapers. How did you How did you do the math? I just did the math. Six kids, well, about three years of diet, two and a half years of diapers. Times one a day, two a day? Every single day, probably two a day. Yeah, it's about 16,000 diapers. You, you got to divide it, too. But because, you and Maggie split it, so it's yep. about 8,000 diapers. And, and then our older ones become helpers, too. Oh, so we got I got to. You know, Malcolm Gladwell has that 10,000 hour rule. You, you, you're 10,000 yeah. hours you're expert, of diaper changing. You're an expert yeah. diaper changing. Yeah, I can tell you which brand is better than the other, which one the tag rips. Uh, yeah. So good. Um, yeah, but, but, but speaking of 10,000 hours, I, both of you guys have had well over 10,000 hours of preaching in front of congregations because you both have been doing it since you were young. Yeah, would the math work out that way? Oh, absolutely. It has to. Know. Maybe. You've been An doing- hour is like 1.75 sermons, right? Sure. If you go like 35, sure. 40 minutes or something. Yeah, but maybe. also there's the prepping. Do you count yeah. the prep work for a sermon as part of sermon mastery? They're probably two different practices. Yeah, they probably are. Yeah. So, but public sp- Anyway, so let's get into this. This week we're on the second week. Uh, Andy, you spoke at South Hills yep. and yes. Casa de Fe. Yes. Uh, and Jay, you were at uh, Saratoga. You both went into the second, kind of the second sentence in the Lord's Prayer, um, which is give us this day our daily bread. Yeah. And so, first of all, just as somebody who would have been hearing that sentence for the very first time back uh, on the hillside and on the Sermon on the Mount, my assumption is um, the Jewishness of Jesus would have called back to the manna from heaven yeah. in the wilderness. Is that, that's not way we were, our, my mind goes toward uh, like bread because it's delicious. <laughs> Um, and keto and how much that sucks because yeah. bread is amazing. But the ancient hearers would have heard manna, right? They would have they would have thought of the provision of God of manna in the wilderness. Yeah. Is that is that fair to say that that's the first context clue that we have? Yeah, I think that's what scholars, most scholars seem to agree. That would have been pretty clear, pretty emphatic. The Exodus story, Israelites are like, Why'd you take us out of Egypt? It was awesome there. You know, they have this like we really had food. Scary. Yeah. And and then they, they like, forgot oh. about the slavery part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is so true yeah. of what humans do. Yeah. So and then, you know, God relents and he's like, okay. But then he he, he rains this mysterious bread down, manna, which literally means what? Like, what, what is, is this? What is this stuff? It's literally what, like question mark in the Hebrew. I think is I, what it is. Yeah, I love, I love that the description in the scriptures is it appeared in the morning like flakes of frost. Mm. Frosted flakes, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen, they're great. Yeah, that's the first cereal. Um, yeah. Okay, so but he only gives them enough. He says, like, tell yes. them to gather enough for today. Yeah. It's very interesting how God does this. He says you can't gather more than a day's worth; it will rot. Yeah. 
except for on Saturday because you're not allowed to work yeah, on Sabbath, Sunday. So, so the Sabbath, the Shabbat. Yeah. So on that one day, you're allowed to grab two days worth, but every other day it appeared daily. Yeah. Why now? God's not an act. He's <laughs> he does things on purpose. What lesson do you think the Israelites were supposed to glean from that? They were supposed to trust God, uh, and in fact, beyond well, just getting real nitty gritty. Can I say that? Yeah, you can say yeah, nitty gritty yep. into the text. Uh, I'll say it in, in Greek. Oh, you're going to speak in Greek? Here we go. I, I shall, Greek. Western Seminary. There you Plug go. for Western Seminary. So here wait, you speak English and Spanish and Greek? Uh, uh, try. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Here it goes. Don Artone Monton Epision dos Emin Semeron. That's like some Koine Greek with a little Spanish flair. <laughs> little, really yeah, like it's, it. really, it's, it's really the, like it's the It's the modern pronunciation, right? <laughs> which is, which is, what did you just read? So I, I just read uh, Matthew 6, 11, which is give us today our daily bread. There's there's actual debate with regards to uh, to what to, to how to translate this passage. And that verb, to the, the dos, uh, it's, it's really the, the giving part. Yes. It's the heart of the petition, of the request. But where it gets tricky is that adjective, epision. Is that daily? Right. Uh, which could be translated to, uh, it could be translated to what's needed today or even tomorrow. But it implies. Our needs. A, a, a daily, it implies our needs. And it implies immediacy. It's, uh, not, it's not like my retirement bread. It's not Oh, that. Yeah. it's right now. Yeah. What we need. I mean, right. We talked about this in Saratoga. Sure, sure. Yeah, it's, uh, there, it's a debatable word, but it, there's an immediacy. It's not like, yeah. give me my yearly bread. Which know? is yeah. interesting because I think, well, um, so I love that. I love that image in the picture of God is going to provide for you every single day. Right. Is regularly as the sun comes up. So is his mercy, and so is his provision every day. He's training, forming. That's the word that you know we use around here all the time, yeah. formation. He's forming the people to be a certain type of people who believe in God's provision of food in the wilderness where there is no food. Not so, just believe, but rely. Yeah. Right? Like Yes. No, which my, goes my back to that idea of trusting, right? No. Uh, which no. is the problem, was the problem for the Israelites because they weren't trusting, therefore they were grumbling and mm -hmm. complaining. Uh, so that that was a big part. Uh, yeah. But the immediacy thing also, let me, can I ask another question about that? Like, because I think about, when I think of God's provision, it's almost always long-term. It's not today. It Because we live in a fairly wealthy, I, I don't, I'm not concerned where my next meal is going to come from. A lot of people are though. Does this have a, is my Westernness shield me from understanding this well, well enough? I, yeah, I think so. But go ahead, Andy. Yeah, somewhat. Uh, we, it, and in some cases, we we might think or feel that this request is irrelevant to us because we, I mean, we've got so much bread; it's embarrassing. Right. Uh, you go to any grocery store, and you got French bread, garlic bread, Mexican bread, Italian bread, Italian bread, <laughs> sourdough bread, <laughs> ciabatta bread. You know, and we sourdough got bread. You yeah. want me to keep, keep going? going. Keep What's going. that bread called? The Mexican bread that's the sweet pastry with the crumbly oh, sort that's of. Delicious. What's it called? Pan dulce. Uh, is that, is it's, that where it's it sounds, it, You said it, it Italian y right there. It's pan dulce. Oh, oh man. It's so good. <laughs> it's delicious, especially with uh, hot chocolate or coffee. Yeah. Oof, mm -hmm. uh, but best. 
Yeah, and so it seems irrelevant. Everyone who's fasting is now so hungry. Because you talked about fasting two days ago, and it's like everyone's now super hungry. Okay, go ahead. Or if you're on keto, it's, no, yeah, it's the yeah, worst. Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, it, it, the request almost seems irrelevant to us. But uh, when we look at what the greater meaning of, of this petition is, it's not just that immediate substance of bread, but it's what it represents. It's what the symbol of it mm-hmm. is. And um, Martin Luther, I think, got it right when he said uh, to the effect that it's, uh, it's symbolic of life itself, what is needed for mm-hmm. daily life. Yeah. Uh, so the things that are needed for life is just, just the basics, uh, food, uh, covering, and uh, uh, just, just the basic needs, not necessarily the luxuries of life, but what you just need to live. So we can, that can come down to even our very breath, yeah. our existence. Yeah. And so, yeah, it, it's, it, I, I wouldn't think of this request, this petition, as just the immediate substance of bread itself. But it's the, uh, the, the things that are very basic to life itself. So it's both literal and metaphorical. It's literal for yeah. give me my actual substance, what I need to eat today, like the Israelites in the desert. But it's also um, not, not spiritualized. That's not the right word. But me- it's a metaphor for all that we need, but not maybe all that we want. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that, is, there, is there a difference sometimes in the way we think about that? All that we yeah, need well, versus I all mean, that we want? Yeah, there's definitely a, a difference between those two. Yeah. Sometimes they're opposed. The stuff we need is actually opposed to the stuff we want. That happens a lot. Sometimes the stuff we want is actually stuff we need, so that's nice, you know. Um, but probably more often than not, I think the two are either opposed or different. They're different. Man, yeah, I think about uh, Tim Keller had that famous sermon that were not famous. It's famous to me because it was so convicting. He's like, when I was like seven, if I would have gotten everything that I wanted, I'd be dead. (laughs) Yeah. You know, you would be like, I want a flamethrower. I want ninja stars. (laughs) You know what I mean? I remember when I was, when he was little, my son was like, daddy, can I please have a chainsaw? And I was like, no. He's like, okay, fine. How about a (laughs) flamethrower? You know? Yeah. Um, and then well, when- there's the dangerous part too, and then there's that C.S. Lewis quote about we're far too easily pleased. We're like little kids making mud pies in the slum when God offers us a holiday by sea. the sea. Yeah. yeah. So there's that, like, oh, sometimes we want a chainsaw, but we don't know how dangerous it it is, and we're going to hurt ourselves. There's also, I think, often we're making mud pies and we think it's the best when God's like, no, 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 that's a, that's nothing. You know, that's you, you want to wrap your whole life around whatever that comfort or that vice or that addiction or, or that relationship you think you absolutely have to have to be a whole full complete person or that romance. Cause you're so tired of whatever, you know, like watching your friends get married or whatever, whatever it might be. I think often God looks at us is like, dude, that's a mud pie. <laughs> like, yeah, it's kind of, it's okay. It's good. But, you know, the fullness of the experience. And that, that's too, that too, I think, is really important. It's not even necessarily, you know, we, we sort of like disintegrate the stuff we want from the people we're becoming. So there's stuff we want that is actually a mud pie when it's disconnected from how God's going to use that stuff to help us become the people where he wants us to become. So marriage is a good example. 
sometimes we idolize marriage. Like we got, I got to find a spouse. Because then, then I can be, be happy. Yeah, then I'll be whole. Yeah. Well, sure. Marriage is a gift from God and it's beautiful and wonderful. But God might look at that and go, you're longing for the marriage. That's a mud pie in the slum. But my offer of holiday out at sea for you is, yeah, sure, marriage is a part of that, but not so that you have a wife and can post an Instagram picture of your honeymoon and feel like you arrived, but because in the in the crucible of marriage, you're going to become more the person that I've called you to be, which more is loving, a self-giving, more sacrificial, sacrificial more, yeah. you know, then that marriage becomes a part of something much greater. And we would never ask for suffering. Yeah, we would never. In and of ourselves, never. humans will never ask right. for suffering because that, <laughs> that short circuits my happiness, right? And yeah, it goes against the value of pleasure, which is the right. value of our day. In which God says, "Actually, I care way more about who you're becoming." And so, yeah. so by centering us on that prayer, give us first of all the word "give." Give us. I, I love that. Um, I remember early on when I was a pastor, uh, I said, "We're going to take communion now," and I had an elder gently. But firmly say we don't take mm. communion. Yep. We don't take it. We don't grab it. We actually receive it. In, mm-hmm. sa- in some traditions, you hold out your hands. Yeah. And it's then, administered. It, it's, it, yeah, and then in other traditions, they actually place it. Have you ever had that? They place it on your tongue? Yeah. You probably oh, have. Yeah. I, yeah. I did as a child. Yeah. Right. And so there's a sense in which we don't we don't grab. We don't I mean, take. we administer here now often. You know, our elders now sort of serve. Give communion. or serve. Right. Yeah. And uh, some people have asked us about that. A couple of emails have come in to me like, are we becoming Catholic? What is this? You know, uncomfortable. And I totally get it. If you have that background, there could be some Confusion. baggage attached. Mm-hmm. I left that tradition because I didn't want a mediator between me and God. So this might be a good place to explain it. Yeah, we're not being we're not Catholic <laughs> in the Roman Catholic sense of the word. Um, yeah, we're having elders sometimes, elders and pastors sometimes serve communion, not administer it as some sort of governing body or mediator, but simply serve it not because there there needs to be a mediator between God and us regular lay people or something. But because we want to remind one another, communion is communal. Yeah. We are we are taking the body and blood of Christ, and we not not a single individual, but we together are His body, kind of thing. So that's all it is. It's and I not, love it at the end because the the elders will turn to one another and give each other the communion yeah. too, because it, it it's not like it comes from them. No. They need to partake yes. in it as much. Yeah. And so one elder will give it to another elder, and they yeah. give it to the worship team. Yeah. Um, so it's that communal. That's that's a good. So give us, you know, communal. Yeah. Um, this day, our daily, mm-hmm. immediate yeah. bread, which is a need, um, not a want, which is different. So th- all of those things. Th- there's quite a few invitations there that yeah. are formational, just in that simple sentence. Yeah. That communicates about who God is, and who we are. Yeah. So yeah, H- how um. How is this helpful? How is this sentence helpful maybe to you personally or pastorally that you've seen? How is this simple phrase, how have you seen it be helpful to people in their in their formation and their walk with Jesus in their life? It's helpful to me that it reminds me that the source of all that is given to me is God himself. Yeah. The prayer itself is directed to God. And every good thing... Uh, it, that has come my direction it, with my theology and, and what I'm reading, 
every good thing is coming from God. And so it gives me a greater appreciation and love and intimacy and uh, just that, that uh, special connection with God and that relationship with God is amplified. Mm-hmm. Thinking that every good thing that has come to me from my family, uh, uh, my wife, uh, just it, it, it has uh, come from God. And so it leaves me grateful. Gratitude just jumps out versus what was seen in uh, the Israelite times where instead of being grateful, they were grumbling. grumbling. Yeah. yeah. And also, I love what you said. It's, it, it reminds me to be grateful. It, there's a sense of it, you're mindful of it. It brings it to mind. So that's that's really... What about you, Jay? What would you... Yeah, I mean, I I touched on it at the end of the teaching on Sunday at Saratoga, but there's a... There's something interesting about Jesus teaching us to pray that prayer. And then a short while after he shares this last meal with his disciples and he breaks bread, gives it to them. And, and then he infuses this whole new meaning into bread. (laughs) He's like, this is my body broken for you. And, and then you just think about his story. um, Some people know this, but you know, Jesus is famously born in Bethlehem which that it's the name of a little town, um, you know, David's hometown, King David's hometown. But the word Bethlehem is, is literally bet lehem in, in Hebrew, which means house of bread yeah. or house of food. So you have Jesus, the son of God who comes, he's born in a town called the house of bread. He teaches when you pray, ask God to give you today your daily bread, pray that prayer every day. And at the end of his life, he's like, hey, here's some bread. This bread is my body. It's given to you forever. It'll sustain you into eternity, you know? Take this take this bread every time you, you remember me. Think of me. So in some ways, it's like the prayer he teaches us to pray, he answers the prayer in full with his own life. Mm-hmm. And he's almost been like nodding and winking that he's going to answer this prayer since like he's born, you know, at the house of bread. So that's, that's what I think of. I, I think that's where what you were saying earlier about the distinction between wants and needs is so important. It's like we can have, you know, we, we have this ever-increasing list of wants, but for followers of Jesus, there's always the opportunity to take a deep breath, to pray this prayer, give us today our daily bread, and then you pray it one more time and you quietly sort of realize, he's already given it to me. He's given it to me in a way that no one else could. You know, he's provided for the one need that only he could provide for, which is uh, an eternal forever sort of life in and with him, you know. And he himself became the bread that that made that possible. So, yeah, those are some thoughts that come to mind. It's interesting. I was reading about the first century and some of the emperors and the Christian subgroups were beginning to pop up and explode. And they would gather around a meal, often yeah. of bread. And so they thought that the secret was giving people bread. And so they would have these circuses mm-hmm. where they would have entertainment and they would give out bread. Oh, the emperors, yes. The emperors, they would That's give right. out bread. If you've seen Russell Crowe's Gladiator. <laughs> Which uh, is a wonderful documentary. <laughs> it's actually they do fa- that. There's a scene where yeah. they do Joaquin and they, Phoenix. They actually pass out the bread, out the bread yeah. because they thought that that was the secret to it. Yeah. What they didn't realize, what the, this bread is, not just literal, it's 
it's also metaphorical. So the the Romans, there there's a way in which Jesus is juxtaposing himself to to Nero, to Caesars, you know, yeah. to these these emperors. Yeah, like he, the the emperor doesn't give you bread. Yeah, God does. Yeah, and the bread that the emperor gives you, <laughs> that might keep you full for a day. Yeah, but just like he says, I'm the living water. You yes. know, that never runs out. I'm the living bread. Yeah. Um, my body is is the bread. Yeah. So in some ways, Jesus, um, is feeding the five thousand. Yeah. And he's he's feeding the five. He's feeding all of us, right? Yeah. Not just literally, but metaphorically. It's also in yeah. one of the great I am statements, right? And in, in John, uh, I am the bread of the bread life. of life, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. for folks right now who are going through, in, in we uh, look. I was just looking at inflation numbers this morning. Uh, it's like six point one percent. It's getting hard for a lot of people who are feeling pinched. Yeah. And there's a sense in which there is a fear of will God provide, and, yeah, and in we're, a real way, in a real like way, to, to like tomorrow, my money yeah. is starting to run out. What yeah. do I need to do? And people can tighten their belts and and they can do all those kinds of things. But there's a, a fear above it. Yeah. And and we're you know people are starting to be afraid. They're picking up second jobs. How do you address in in a world filled with financial uncertainty, with a, an expensive area that's very difficult to live in in some ways? Where we're talking food and shelter itself and gas is is a huge part of a person's budget. Yeah. How how is this helpful to fo- for folks listening who are in that scenario? Um. What what kind of words would you say to them that how is this how is this prayer and the promises? Um. How is that helpful? Mm. Yeah. I mean, one thing I would say is we said it at the beginning of the series. The prayer is plural. We are praying to our Father, which there's a a sort of real gift in that. You're not praying alone, you know? And I think often the way God answers many of our prayers in practical ways is through his people. And that's always kind of been his mode of operation, going all the way back to Genesis 12. You know, why doesn't God just say, you know... I'm going to I'm going to bless all people of the earth. Why doesn't he just do that? Instead he goes to this random single human being named Abram and he says, "Hey, I'm going to give you a bunch of kids and they're going to become a whole nation. You're going to have so many kids and through them, your children, your the nation of your children, um I'm going to bless all peoples of the of the earth through them." And then that just never stops. God just continues. I mean, it actually begins earlier, like before sin. God's like, makes these humans. And then he's like, hey, like name the animals and be fruitful and multiply. It's like partner with me and cultivating the good in the world. I, I don't think that's changed. I think that's just God's personality. So, again, full circle, if that's you, it, it might feel a little pointless to pray, God, give me today my daily bread. But... It's not because one of the ways God will answer that prayer is through his people. So what I would say is tell us. I mean, like it sounds so simple, but if you're and I'm not saying this because I'm promising you like a job or some like $10,000 check or whatever. Um, but I am promising we'll do what we can. I mean, I, I think our church has a track record of that, you know, and not just like our church, the organization, but our people like the, the church is the people Westgate church. I, I have story after story yeah. of people hearing about something. It's like, oh, this single mom, r- true story. You know the story. 
single mom needs a car and then like we get her a car like and not we like the church writes a big check but people in our church like easy of course let's go yeah. you know so let us know is what i would say and yeah. let that be a part of your prayer you know it reminds me of that beautiful moment in acts 2 where they say they ate together with glad and sincere hearts breaking bread together and they shared everything yes. all their possessions common, yeah. there there's something tied to this meal of you know, of, of communion, the common union that we have. There's something about the sharing of that and there's yeah. a, in the sharing of this. Yeah. Um, Andy, what would you say? Oh, I just, uh, I love the, the language Jay was uh, uh, just talking about right now with regards to even uh, the promise that, that as a church, we, you know, we're there. And it reminds me of the promise of God that he's our provider yeah. and that he will provide. And that um, uh, the righteous will not be forsaken, and that the righteous will never be begging for bread. Psalm thirty-seven twenty-five. I have been young, now I am old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging for bread. Mm. Uh, so we, I think we can expect also the reality of uh, of of. Uh, making such a, a petition, uh, give us today our daily bread. We can expect it because it has been promised to us uh, by God. And he, he will provide, and, uh, and uh, he will never let us down, yeah. ever. Um, huh. Yeah. And that ties to the very that ties to the first week, our Father who art in heaven. What kind of Father is he? He's yeah. the kind of God that provides. Um, and not, not just provides in the desert, in, in the manna, in the wilderness, in Exodus, yeah. but provides Jesus the yes. living, the living bread. Yes. There's those words, which I think if you really read them, they're so funny when Jesus does the whole like, hey, how many of you guys, if your kid asks you for bread, I'll give him a stone. I love when he says like, I don't know what the... An egg and a scorpion? Egg. Yeah, it's like, or like your kid asks you for an egg and you give him a scorpion if you just like visualize that. It's so funny. Can I have like, a fried egg? Daddy. Here's a scorpion. <laughs> <laughs> like it seems so random. I'm sure there's some context, but it's like so funny to me. Yeah, yeah. Which I, there's a, that's a whole other conversation. I actually would argue that Jesus was quite humorous, you know, in many ways. But, and then he says like, okay, if you who are evil essentially <laughs> he said, you who are evil parents it's like so funny and weird and jarring but it's like you who are evil like if you would get if you like no brainer you'd provide yeah how much, how much more? more so yeah. how much more now it won't always look and the timing may not always be you know the way we want or expect but it's exactly what like you just said andy you know god's good and we'll be okay and it's important to know that he's our father. We belong to a body. Yes. So to, you know, and I, I understand there's a lot of like shame or guilt or whatever attached, but you yeah. know, to let people in your community, that's why community matters so much too, where you can really be yourself and be honest and genuine about your needs. And so, yeah, absolutely. And to your point, I've seen time and time and time again, the people of God, when they're presented with a need, they respond. Yeah, they step up. Because I think it's the Spirit of God moving. Yeah. I've seen it again and again. It's beautiful. Guys, yeah. Andy, Jay, thanks so much for being here. Yeah. Thanks for talking about this. Now, what I want to do now is just go eat some bread. <laughs> so that's that's what I want to do. Oh, so me too. That sounds delicious. All right. Well, thank you guys for being here, and yeah. we'll see you next week. Yeah. All right. <laughs>
All right. And with that, thanks to Andy Barone and JKM for stopping by. Join us next week when we're going to be delving into the next line of the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Or forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us, depending on the version that you learned growing up. And uh, we'll see you next week. We'll dive into that.